1: Alright, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect Podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational and thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truth and personal journeys. Today we have none other than Sam Humphries. Sam is a New Zealand Kiwi actor who was raised in Melbourne, Australia. Early in his career, Sam caught the eye of casting directors after making an appearance in a documentary that intimately showcased the lives of young people with disabilities who against all odds made their dreams a reality. Currently based in LA, working as an actor, producer and public speaker, Sam enjoys keeping healthy, focused creatively, create a legacy that helps to change the world and leave it a cleaner, nicer, positive and full of love. He's most notably known for starring in one of the world's biggest movies, along with household names Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron, as Tom Thumb in The Greatest Showman. But what most people don't know is just how much he had to overcome to get there with being born with a rare genetic disorder called acrodysplasia, which causes a slew of issues with bone growth, mental development, and immune system abnormalities. He was also diagnosed with inflammatory bowel condition Crohn's disease as a child and has spent a lifetime visiting hospitals and doctor's offices for operations and tests. He speaks openly about his struggles and his advocacy and for being the guy who represents positivity and gratitude, even through what he's been through. So first and foremost, welcome to the show, Sam.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on a show that talks about mental health and opens up the the stigma about uh, mental health being, you know, talking about mental health and all that kind of stuff being bad. So, yeah, it's an
1: honor. Well, you're welcome, mate. And I just want to take you back a little bit, if you don't mind, for our audience, because mm-hmm. your advocacy, like, I have watched so much stuff with you talking about your struggles and what you've been oh, through. thank you're you. Not open about it. It's an honor. I, I, I do my research, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just there's so much passion behind it. And for me, I've spoken to a lot of people. And when there's a sincere passion behind it, you know that people have gone through that journey like myself and you've mm. been to the depth, to your breaking point. So mm. can you just take us on a brief recall of, of, of your journey?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was, like, five to eight years old, like I obviously wanted to pursue acting. Um, and, again, like, me being an actor and uh, getting into entertainment industry, one of the, the reason I did that was because it helped me with like my mental health and it helped me kind of get outside of what I was dealing with. You know, I didn't, at that stage, I didn't want to be Sam Humphrey. Like right. I wanted so badly to be anyone else. And that's why I think acting really appealed to me and attracted, you know, um attracted me to this industry. Um So when I was eight years old, got into acting um, and then going, you know, Sorry, I'll step back a little bit, so I was born with a rare disease called aldysplasia um as you mentioned, uh which basically stumps my bone growth and comes with a whole bunch of different um other different you know health conditions and mental uh development and things like that so when I was going to be born, originally my um doctors said to my parents that um there were already development issues in the womb. And so they actually wanted to pull me out a lot earlier than my expected due date. Uh, But my parents decided, no, they're going to wait. And so I was born on April 24th. uh, That was my due date. And ever from that point on, you know, that's when my challenge started. I was placed into an incubation tank, uh, straight away. I spent first, the first two weeks of my life in that tank, um, fighting for life because they weren't sure at that stage, they weren't sure if I was going to survive or not. Um, and that's what they had actually told my parents. And, um, uh, my mom was very, very worried and very scared at that point because she, um, based on what they were telling her, she was like, is my child going to die? Like, immediately, is that what you're telling me? And so she was very scared about that. Um, luckily, or very fortunately for me, I made it through that. Um, but growing up, like I have um hearing loss as well. So I wear hearing aids as well. Um, but growing up, I had Crohn's disease, which I didn't know at that time, I hadn't been diagnosed with yet. So I had that. Um, and then going through all of that period, you know, I saw a lot of doctors and I went in and out of hospital um, because of my bone growth. They weren't sure, you know, how I was developing. They wanted to track that. They also wanted to track, you know, my physical development because um, at that stage, when I got to my teenage years, um, I wasn't necessarily developing as, you know, every male adult or person should and so they thought maybe it was just delay you know um maturation um and so they wanted to track all that but as they were tracking all that and uh, my health conditions and things the doctors had told my parents and even me that they weren't sure if I would make it past my 18th birthday um, because of all the conditions that I was dealing with, um, you know, having Crohn's disease, um, having, you know, um, and all these other conditions. And so unfortunately that led me to a very dark time in my um, childhood and my teenage years, more my teenage years um, where, and because of my size, you know, looking like I'm, well, today I'm, I look older but back then I looked very very young you know chubby cheeks and adorable and all that kind of stuff um but back then I I wasn't the dateable type so like I was always friend-zoned unfortunately and so that you know also affected my mental health quite a lot um you know I couldn't I couldn't get a girlfriend I couldn't you know measure up to other guys you know because I just wasn't on that level, uh, so to speak. Um, and then with Doug is telling me, you know, I wouldn't necessarily make it past 18 and I was like 14, 15 at the time. So, you know, the outlook was very bleak for me. I maybe had three, four good years left. And so for me that unfortunately led me to a point where I was like, well, if I only have a few good years left, I want to decide how I go out. I don't want this condition or whatever else to take me, you know, when I'm not, when I'm not ready. So I want to decide how I go out. And so that led me to a point where I attempted suicide several times. I was depressed. I had self doubt. I had no confidence. um, And I wanted to go out on my own terms. So that led me to, you know, trying to drown myself that led me to trying to suffocate myself that led me to trying to uh, cut myself that, you know, that led me to, and even some of the attempts that I didn't take, but just having that mindset of how could I kill myself or when could I kill myself? You know, having those thoughts, even if you don't try it, just having those thoughts play around and roll around in your head is very, like, it's very, very bad for you because even though you may not try it, like, I'll say that going about my day-to-day activities, you know, back then, there were always moments where I was like, could I step in front of a car? Could I walk in front of a train, you know? And then, you know, it's those split decisions between, Doing it and not doing it. Cause like if you decide to do it, no one can stop you. You walk in front of a car, boom, it's over. So um yeah, so that was kind of my journey, you know, growing up and dealing with all these kind of mental challenges about again, whether or not I'm worthy and whether I'm loved and all those kind of things. So
1: yeah, wow. that's real. <laughs> yeah, no. Thank you for sharing it. And one thing I want to touch on with that is through all this time you're battling with something in your head and it's Mm. a dark, a dark place. I've been there myself. So I know what you're talking about in that respect. Mm. Being a male as well, was it hard to open up and share those struggles with people around you? Did you try and hide it?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and my family and my siblings. Um, so you probably, I don't know if you've uh, maybe seen my documentary. Um, it's called Being Me, Sam Humphrey. So if you watch that, um, you'll see in that documentary, which if anyone wants to go and watch it, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Being Me, Sam Humphrey, The Journey. Um, or if you just type in Sam Humphrey, you'll probably find it. Um, but in that documentary, I revealed, um, actually, or it reveals how my family and my siblings never knew that I attempted suicide at all. Um, Not until that documentary actually came out. Um, So they had no knowledge that I attempted that at all, or that I was feeling those, you know, thoughts, or I was feeling that heavy burden. Um, I would go to high school at the time with the, biggest smile on my face Like you would never have known I was dealing with any of that stuff because I hid it deep down inside because I didn't want people to know that I was dealing with that stuff I didn't want people to think that I was thinking about taking my own life um I wanted people to know me as a happy-go-lucky, down-to-earth, friendly guy. And I had created this image of who I was and how I wanted people to see me. You know, the representation that I was strong um, and that, you know, I could get through anything. And that's how I see myself today. Like, you know, there's nothing that I can overcome, especially with what I have now overcome. Um, so, yeah, so definitely no one knew about, you know, my struggles or anything like that. Wow, man, um, yeah, mean? it's, um, so I just go, and yeah, being a male is very hard, you know, and society, society wants us as men to, or at least going, you know, going back, you know, 5, 10, 20 years to be the strong person, to not be vulnerable, you know, society, and I think in general, society doesn't, I mean, they say, you know, open up, you know, tell us your journey. You know, it's okay to be vulnerable. But I think when we get to the very core of things and get to the heart of it, society gets a little, you know, awkward when we do open up and share. They're like, that might be a little too much, you know? So, like, it's on one side they're like, be vulnerable, open up. Like, it it takes strength to be vulnerable and open up, and we want you to. And then on the other side they're like... Just don't get yeah. too personal, you know. So it's like it's like pick one or the other. Like you want me to share my truth and be open and vulnerable, or you want me to, you know, shut up.
1: <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing about Imperfectly Perfect. It was a way because I actually saw a lot of things out there portrayed yeah. as surface level conversations. And mm. sugarcoating things, and it's like we yep. need to remove past the surface level because you'll see some of the images behind me. I utilise photography with Australian celebrities. Um, obviously, COVID hit, so I can't take anyone's mm. photo at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it was a case of when I reached out to them, said we need to remove the mass. This is what everybody knows you are, but no studios, no makeup, no nothing. And we need to go past into the hard conversations because I'm with you on that respect. And I think that's why this is continually grow because it's going past and going deeper Mm. because people feel like this. If it wasn't, I don't think there'd still be opportunity for things like IPC to Mm. be gaining this traction. If the stigma had stopped, we're still feeling like that. So-
2: I think you hit like the nail on the head and this is why I'm so open. You know, obviously there are certain things that, you know, I have to keep to myself because of social media and how they run within perceptions and stuff. But like, I try to be as open as I can about, you know, the things I dealt with and the challenges I've gone through in my mental health because, you know, As humble as I try to be like, you know, celebrity or whatever, you know, I don't necessarily see myself as, you know, brand celebrity or whatever. But when celebrities start to take the mask down and shed the stigma that talking about our mental health and that being vulnerable is that being vulnerable and being open is actually a strength and that's something that we need to share with the general public. Mm. When celebrities and public figures are open about this and are able to show that they can be vulnerable and they can share, you know, some, not everything, because, you know, obviously we, we're, as human beings, we still have things that we want to deal with, you know, privately, and we don't want to share our entire lives on social media and stuff like that. But, you know, more than surface level, like you said, that we need to go deeper and show a little bit of our humanity. You know, we're not just, we're not just actors. We're not just people on the big screen that you watch for like, you know, one, two hours a day and then you're done. We're real people. So we need to shed that stigma that we're perfect. You know, that we're all glammed up with makeup and we can do no wrong and we don't make mistakes and stuff. So when public figures and celebrities start doing that, then everyday people and not that celebrities aren't everyday people, but you know what I mean, but everyday people can feel okay about not being okay. And that they don't need to feel like, Oh, I'm such a screw up. I don't have my life together. I, I will never be successful. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that's a voice that we tell ourselves because we see in media and social media that, Oh, they've got it all figured out. Their world yeah. is so perfect. they, they have no struggles. They have no challenges. Everything just goes perfect for them. And it's not true. It's, it's just not true. And so we need to shed that that stigma and that mask around, you know, that there are people out there living the perfect life with no struggles and no challenges. So,
1: yeah. So that that leads perfectly into my question, which I ask everyone on this, what you just said, attesting to it. What does being imperfectly perfect mean to you?
2: Um, It means being, you know, being a human being, you know, that's what we are. And um, and that actually touches on um something that I'm building and a brand and platform that I'm establishing that came out of COVID, actually. It's called the Little Guy. Um, and our slogan is hashtag standing out for the little guys. And it can be literal, you know, because I'm a little guy, but it's also metaphorical in the sense that the philosophy for the little guy is. We're all human beings. You know, we're not perfect. We all have flaws. And that's what, um, you know, being imperfect is accepting that we're all going to make mistakes, that we're all, we're all failures in a sense. And that's okay because we are human beings. We're not supposed to be perfect. And to, and and I've dealt with this myself because I, you know, growing up in high school and I still deal with it today. I'm such a perfectionist. I want every, I want everything to be perfect to the point that sometimes I don't start because I'm like, Oh, I want it to be so lined up that I then get so in my head that I never end up starting it because it's not perfect. And so that's something I'm working on that you just have to start it and you know, it'll find, it'll find perfection along the way. It doesn't need to be perfect when you start it. So, you know. Embracing our humanity and embracing our flaws. That's what it means to be imperfect.
1: Wow. And you're a representation now, basically, of what you say, and I've heard you say quite a lot in interviews, of gratitude um, and positivity. Mm. So why is that so important to you to bring that forward? Mm.
2: So why it's so important for me is because everything that I've gone through, like, you know, I... I can't even, you know, count it anymore. The amount of times that I should not be here. I mean, honestly, I've almost been hit by cars. I've almost been hit by trains. I've had a number of surgeries that, you know, doctors have said are so risky um, that, you know, That you could die on the operating table. Like I've been in and out out of hospitals so many times that I should not be here. Like I, I literally, I shouldn't. By the grace of God, I'm still here. I'm 28. Um, and like I said, doctors said I probably wouldn't have made it past my 18th birthday. Um, I'm now, you know, I'm now 28. So I'm a decade older than what doctors said that I you know, potentially wouldn't have made it past. So, you know, gratitude and positivity, the fact that I'm still here today and I'm thriving, even though sometimes I get in my own head with, you know, negativity and stuff like that. And that's why gratitude and positivity to me is important to block out those negative aspects, to be like, why aren't things going my way? You know, and that's another thing. When we focus on negativity, um, and it takes more, for me, it takes more energy to focus on negativity than it does positivity and gratitude. Because there's so much gratitude and positivity around us that, you know, I'm alive. That's one thing. I have a roof over my head. That's another thing. I have food. I have water. I don't have to walk five miles a day to get murky water to drink. I can turn on my tap and there's water. I have my family around me. You know, it's just it's these little things that we unfortunately take for granted that, you know, if we just look around us and, you know, open our eyes and acknowledge how much we can be grateful for, it can turn your whole day around and it can turn the outlook of your life around. Um, And so looking at the gratitude and the positivity, and I actually have one thing that I um, now carry with me and I don't know if um, you heard about this or looked into it but thinking grow rich is all about you know manifesting the life you want and gratitude and positivity is a huge part of that but like if you're not grateful for what you already have or you can't be positive about what you already have then you're not going to be able to manifest bigger and better things for your life and um and I actually have this thing called a gratitude rock um, and a manifestation rock and I have this on me all the time and you know when I'm manifesting or I'm being grateful for what I have, I have this in my hand and I'm just, you know, playing with it and focusing on what I want and focusing on what I'm grateful for and focusing on, you know, all the things that um, because of the gratitude that I express and because of the positivity that I express that I'm manifesting all these bigger and better things into my life because of the gratitude and positivity that I'm already expressing.
1: I need to tell you this then, so uh, you'll love this one. It mm. was only two weeks ago, before I touch mm. base with yourself, that Kazia Lukit, who's a partner in IPC, we was manifesting. We have little dreams about where we want to take this and do. And it was funny, and she was talking about the greatest showman with Kiel, mm. uh, Kiel Settle singing mm-hmm. This Is Me a cappella, the video that went viral. And she was mm. like, how do you listen to the lyrics in that song? And the funny thing was, we was talking, going, you know what? It would be amazing to get someone from the show. The next day, literally, Kiel, um, I think it's Kiel, started looking yeah. at stories on the oh. IPC. Wow. Then, so I was like, Kazir, have you seen this? This is how quick we're manifesting. And then <laughs> it led me to look into people's stories. And you stood straight out with your advocacy yeah. and, and talking loud. And now, look, here we are. Like mm, yeah in two weeks so that that gratitude positivity and manifestation and that's what i want to touch on with you when it comes to you've been to the broken place mm-hmm. it shows you how powerful your mind is to go in there but oh yeah on the flip definitely. side it also shows you what you've been able to achieve a lot of people and why i want to ask you this is they utilize that energy some way in expelling it in different ways yours was your acting Mm. so did you find that or what could you say to our audience that maybe they're not finding that outlet like you Mm -hmm. found yours was it something that you when you was going through that dark space you really had to push harder into that to take you out of that thought process of what you was dealing with
2: yeah yeah I mean definitely everyone you know finds their different outlet to you know express their emotions you know people paint photography um you know different forms of um artwork or running sports business. everyone has that you know outlet, and I think you just need to keep pushing until you find something that gives you that satisfaction in um you know being able to let out your emotions because. Acting for me, you know, obviously acting is a very expressive and emotional form of outlet in general anyway, because, you know, as I take on different characters, I become those characters and I am able to let out my emotions through those characters. So acting is definitely a good form of, you know, uh emotional relief therapy um and it was for me and that's why I think a lot of people do get into acting whether it's you know professionally or as a hobby or it's just something to help them you know express those emotions um there's that but one thing I would say if you definitely are you know feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling you know like um there's nothing that you feel like you can do to help you uh relieve those emotions or express that um you know bottle up of everything you're feeling talk to someone you know it's the simple act of talking to someone is very therapeutic mm. um you know whether it's a best friend it's uh you know um your parents family member um sibling or even going to see a professional therapist like that's something that that's a stigma that I'm really trying to break down in society. And that's, and I talk about it a lot. Um, And, you know, obviously I won't share anything that I share in therapy, but I, I see a therapist like, you know, so we, and there are many celebrities that I'm sure obviously they may not share, but I'm sure many celebrities also probably see a therapist, you know? Um, So if you have to go talk to someone professionally, like, you know, it's, not something that we should be ashamed about needing to go and seek a professional, because our mind is very, very complicated you know there's I heard and I read that we have something like sixty million thoughts a day, like i mean that 's crazy. How can you monitor or how can you you know how can you sort through sixty million thoughts a day that 's an insane number of thoughts like Like trying to sort through that and trying to come to terms of our emotions and what we're thinking through all of those thoughts is just nuts. And so, you know, just like we have professional actors, just like we have professional um, sports and businessmen and news anchors and all that, we have professional people to help deal with our thoughts. So it's not, you know, we um, we shouldn't be scared to say, hey, look, I'm going to a professional that can help me figure out my mind and figure out those thoughts that I'm having, especially if you are on the brink of, uh, you know, suicide. I mean, seriously, if you are on the brink of ending your life, please, 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 please go and seek out an organization or go and seek out a professional that can help you. I, it really breaks my heart when I hear that someone has taken their life because they, couldn't you know they couldn't handle it or they felt like they there was no one who cared about them or loved them or anything like that because there are so many people out there that you know maybe they just haven't been told that they're loved you know and I will tell you now if you're watching this you are loved seriously you are loved you are cared about the people who loved you maybe they haven't told you or maybe you haven't, you know, you haven't truly asked, you know, opened up to them or, you know, when someone asks you, and this is something that I want to tell people, if someone truly has gone through the effort of asking you, how are you? You know, how's your day going? Don't you say I'm good or I'm fine. If you're truly good and fine, fine. Awesome. Yeah. Say you're fine. Say you're going to, you know, you're good. But if you're dealing with something and someone has asked you how's your day going and they really care, um, don't just say you're good. Please, if you do trust them, open up to them. And maybe at that moment isn't a good time for them to say, if you, you know, are interested in, you know, wanting to hear, you know, more about, you know, how my day is going or, you know, what I'm going through. And you want to hear about it and maybe now's not the best time. I would love to, you know, you know, find a time where I can share with you or I can open up with you if that's something that you really, you know, want to know about or you want to hear about. Because, you know, I think in today's day and age, we're so busy and we get so caught up in what we're doing that we forget that there are people struggling and we forget that, you know, there are people that do care about us, that, you know, um, they just... Forget, you know, and get caught up in their own, you know, busy, you know, schedules and things like that. So yeah, yeah. that's what I want to say.
1: That's <clears throat> the passion in you is so <clears throat> so heartfelt. Like, thank you, and that and that comes from somebody who's been through it, who knows, and mm. yeah, it is, it is just so powerful, mate. And um, <clears throat> when I was talking about that outlook for acting, <clears throat> so I just want to lighten the mood a little bit from going mm. in that direction. Then you've got another ball to contend with. You, I, mm. I was listening to you talking and you were sharing a story about you actually got, you was on Neighbours, uh, mm. Good Old Neighbours, the Aussie icon, yep. anybody who's not knowing out <laughs> there. Um, including
2: Nicole Kidman. I, I got on it and left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you got an email with the role for mm. the great showman. And you was about to delete it because you thought it was too good to do <laughs> I
2: yeah, so yeah, I mean I got the email and honestly at the time I was like, Who am I? Like, you know, why are they why are they reaching out to me? Why do they want me, Sam Humphrey, you? and you know, a twentieth century box film I'm like, This is crazy. Um and so yeah, my finger was literally hovering over the delete button and I was like, I'm gonna delete this email because it's I don't know why I thought it was a hoax because it literally came from my agent, which I had completely forgotten about. So I don't know why it would be a hoax. I guess I just wasn't thinking at that time. But um, (laughs) So I got that email, finger hovering over the delete button, was going to delete it. And then I'm like, I'm an actor, hoax or no hoax. I got to go for it, you know, regardless. So I did it. I sent it back. Next thing I know, I'm shortlisted. And uh, the week after, I'm on a Skype call with the director, Michael Gracie, doing my audition again with him via Skype. And then literally a couple days later, they're like, we like him. He's been cast. And I got an email, another email that goes, congratulations, uh, we have decided to cast Sam Humphrey in the role of Tom Thumb for the feature film The Greatest Show on Earth, because that was its title at the time. And I was like... I just, I, had so many things going through my head at that time. I was like, "Is this, is this
0: email real?" I
2: was like, "Is this another fake email? Should I delete this one?" But um, yeah, I was just like, I was gobsmacked. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And I at that time I didn't even know Hugh Jackman was the lead. I was like, "Wow!" I you know got a movie. And then a few days later, um. I. they told me that Hugh Jackman was a lead, and I was like, okay, um, yeah, all right. <laughs> and, um,
1: this is going from, like, fake email to real to bigger to bigger to bigger.
2: To, oh, my goodness, I'm going to yeah. be in a movie with, like, my all-time childhood hero. I'm like, what is happening right now? Because um, um, I – so I had a moment – um, in my, you know, kind of before this all happened, where I stared, and this is the power of manifestation, like what you were saying what I'm saying, is I had a moment where I just stared out my bedroom window and it's like a double-walled, um, full-length you know, length bedroom window um, where the whole thing's glass. Where my intuition, like, I don't know what it was, but my intuition was just like kicking in really strong. I stared out my window at just into the cosmic, Vastness, and I was like, I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I just know that I know that I'm going to like work with Hugh Jackman and be in a film with Hugh Jackman and walk the red carpet. I I don't know where this feeling's coming from, but I just feel it intuitively. And then one year later, I've been in The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman walking the red carpet and it's just mind-blowing I'm like wow wow
1: wasn't there there a uh a fangirl moment when you met Hugh
2: absolutely (laughs) oh yes there was um so we're on we're in the rehearsal space um at a Steiner studio in New York um and I'm talking with Michael Gracie, our director. I'm talking with him, with Sandy around, and he goes, hey, Sam, so good to, you know, meet you again in person, because I'd already met him in Vancouver for an initial meeting. It's like, so great to have you here and, you know, talking with you on the rehearsal studio set. He goes, have you met Hugh Jackman yet? I'm like, And my voice is already getting a little, like, giddy. I'm like, no. And he goes, okay, just, you know, wait here. I'll bring him over. I'm like, at this point, I'm just, like, feeling complete numbness in my body because I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm about to meet Hugh Jackman live and in person. Oh, my goodness. He comes walking over, and he's a tall guy. So I'm literally doing this. I'm like looking yeah. up at him. He's like six foot something tall. Cool. Um, and he goes, "Hey, mate. Hey, hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "I'm good. I'm good." He's like trying to play it completely cool, just like, like you know, the cool stance, almost like superhero stance. I'm just like, "I'm good. How how are you going?" And he's, I'm like, "Not not coming off as cool or the best first impression, is it?" He's like no not really he's like it's all good though I'm like cool <laughs> and and yeah we just you know we just talked and um yeah I mean it was just a truly amazing experience to meet him and just have like those conversations with him like because he was telling me about um john travolta and how he met john travolta and how he had like a similar experience although he played it a lot cooler than i did um (laughs) with john travolta and how he was telling him about you know teaching him his experience of acting and things like that and just listening to hugh talk and you know he's he's a really sweet guy and he really is who he appears to be. He's Australian sweetheart. You know, we all (laughs) know and love him, even though I'm not Australian. Um, I still, Australia has stolen me. So, you know, (laughs) they always like to say he's Australian. And even though I don't deny that I'm, you know, adopted Australian, I'm like, I think New Zealand might, you know, be a little upset that you're trying to claim me because I am Kiwi, but you know, I'm adopted Australian, so <laughs> they did, they, they, yeah.
1: They, they did that with um, Russell Crowe as well, didn't they? He's Australian. He's Kiwi.
2: <laughs> actually, yeah, I will say I'm a little embarrassed to actually find out that he is Kiwi because for the longest time, because Australia is so good at doing this for the longest time, I did think he was Australian. <laughs> I only found out in the last like, literally maybe few years, I was like, he's a Kiwi? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah. Australia successfully stolen Russell Crowe.
1: <laughs> but it's the, it's the same with uh, Kylie Minogue, like the UK, because mm. her music came out in the UK first a lot. It's like yeah. the pop princess of the UK. It's like Kylie Minogue, <laughs> and it's like, no, she's Australian, mate. So... Um, <laughs>
2: Crazy. They just take everyone.
1: <laughs> exactly. But that what you said about the, the intuition and just knowing, because mm. when I was listening to you speak before, something that I would picked up on was the fact that when everything started flowing started moving fast for you, your visas were taken care of, this, that, and the other. And I go mm. to LA each year, I know, well before COVID and I know a lot of people and I know how hard it is to sort visas, to do this oh. and that and yours. So it's kind of, you've either tapped into something else because you said, when you know, you know, mm. and it's like, when you don't see a way, there will be a way that's made if it's meant to be and your mm. vivas and everything else. And now you're living in LA. That's just like, that's a miracle in itself. I just think that's. Yeah. And incredible. I mean,
2: just actually, it's funny all the little things that you kind of take for granted or you forget, but even living in LA, even though, you know, it's completely normal and I'm just, you know, doing my everyday life now, it's like, it's funny to remember that that was actually a manifestation on a list that when I wrote when I was a child has I will be living in in L.A. as an actor and I'm, I'm doing that today is and like, I forget that that was one of my manifestations. And so I'm like, wow, this is so crazy. So now I'm like, um, and I lost a little what, bit. What of
0: else the do I want? <laughs> What
1: else
2: I, do I want? <laughs> I lost a little bit of the manifestation power, like as I was growing up and going along. But um, lately I've reconnected to that because I started remembering all these different things along my journey that I was like, you know, yeah, like there wasn't a way for that until I started like manifesting it and then it all just like came together so I'm like today when I'm working like because now I'm like a actor slash producer and I have several different projects that I'm developing you know I have uh scripts that I'm trying to package to get greenlit into you know feature films today and if you know about anything that's anything like making feature films is not easy packaging feature films is not easy like you've got to get the distribution you've got to get the financing and the financing is millions and millions of dollars you know that stuff just doesn't come out of the blue and so I've gotten back on track with you know manifesting uh you know these huge things that other people be like don't you know don't bother like you know it's not it's not going to happen it's like well I've manifested impossible things before. I'm going to do it. So like, you know, I know that I know that I know that it's going to happen. So, you know, you just got to believe it and manifest it. And that's what I'm doing today. And it's all about mindset and the mentality, especially with mental health. And that's one way that you can shift your mental health is that if you focus on what you want and what you believe in, then you can shift your mental health to positivity and gratitude than negativity and being like, oh, things aren't happening for me. You've got to manifest and get on the level of um, the universal vibration that the universe wants to make these things happen for you. Because if you're in a negative headspace and you're telling yourself, oh, the universe doesn't care, no one loves me, you know, things aren't happening, then the universe is going to respond to that. You know, they're going to be like, okay, well, you don't want it, you're telling yourself it's not going to happen, you're telling yourself you know, things don't work out for you, And the universe and the vibrational energy that you're putting out it's all going to, you know connect and respond to all of that so you know, that's why we need to get our mind right
1: I'm just blown away, I'm just like I could talk about this for hours because I'm like so not tapped-
2: I'm very passionate about the stuff but you
1: know, you're so, so tapped- passionate as well like I'll tell you, you. I, I say to everybody, I say this campaign has been amazing to start conversations. But my own personal journey has led me through spirituality and learning how to tap in. Mm. And like Dr. Jody Spencer and those who have been on, they're saying exactly the same things as you. So I know when mm-hmm. somebody is tapped in because those very words that you keep saying, when you know you know that you know that you know. Mm. You've ever time listened to the Dr. Joes and Wim Hof, they say exactly the same thing, and they also the way you talk is very childlike nature in respect of passion. Mm. You're tapping yeah. in because you you you've got that passion of a child to you're excited about what you're talking about and plus I'm you know so that you know so
2: excited. So yeah I, I mean it's just going. Yeah. It's some and I think it's something that society and you know whether it's intentional and I kind of think it is sometimes that society wants to push us down because they want yeah you know, they want to keep us under control they don't want to necessarily want us to you know break free because i don't know you know people who are watching whether they believe in you know what they believe in you know i'm a open mind and free spirit where i believe i believe in god and you know i am a christian as well but you know when we listen to different teachings think and grow rich and you know other different teachings about mindset and things like that it's and Christian teaching as well. They all say we're made in the image of God. So we have that connection to, you know, spirituality. And we have that connection to divineness. Mm-hmm. And yes, we're human beings that we're not, we're not God, but we have that divine connection and the divine spark to it. So therefore, when we realize that, that we can, because of that connection and that God himself is unlimited power, right? And because we have just a 1% connection to that, we can create one to really, really tap in to that, you know, infinite power. We can create anything that we really, really put our mind to. And so, and one thing that I really believe in is that um, anything that our mind can conceive, it can and will create. When we're powerful enough and focus on what we want, it will happen. Um, like, and again, it's depending on, um, it may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. And again, it depends on how powerfully or how fast you are manifesting it. Um, It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It it all comes back to how much passion and belief and how much energy and focus we put into it. Um, Whether you call something big or small, you know, that's us putting those labels on it. So um, you just got to believe and you're just going to manifest that it's going to happen. Because the moment you decide that it's not going to happen again, universe responds to that and says, you don't want it to happen. It's not going to happen. You want it to happen It's going to happen. When or where, we don't know, but it will happen.
1: Which is why you should always be your imperfect self because you attract the right people that you need in your life. Like everyone's a lesson and all that. But um, just last couple of questions, because you're very very open about, you've done this huge movie and everything, but you also are very open about saying, you can go from a big movie, but the reality is sometimes you're not working after it you're open about the realities of Hollywood and things like that. And I think sometimes people see yourself and other people on these big films and think, well, how how will they know? They're disconnected now because they've done this big movie. It's Mm. not like that at all, is it?
2: No, I mean... I'm very fortunate that I did come in on the top um, and it has given me, you know, a platform um, to be... I mean, I'm very grateful for Great Showman because it's given me a platform where I'm able to use my voice very powerfully to impact the lives of other people because that's all... That's all I truly want to do is like, and that's a legacy I want to leave behind, you know, when my time is done. And that's why I'm building this platform, the little guy, um, hashtag standing up for the little guys. Cause I truly believe that we're all human beings, you know, regardless of labels, titles, you know, g- uh, genders and all that stuff and politics. Ultimately at the end of the day, we're human beings. You know, we all have our time on this earth and then we're done. Um So, I want to try and elevate us all to the same level where we, um, where we have the same level of equitable opportunities to achieve the things that we want to do and achieve the purpose that we're put on this earth to do. Um, and with us all being human beings, I believe that that's what should bind us together. You know, whether you are, whether you have a billion dollars in the bank or whether or not you're, um, you know, you're homeless it doesn 't matter, and being being you know having a billion dollars in the bank, we should be uh, aspiring to raise up the the person who's homeless on the street and bring them to a level where they you know feel comfortable and uh able to achieve you know what they have in their mind to achieve because they're not just they 're not just a nobody on the street you know they're a human being with hopes and dreams and things that they want to accomplish in this life. They just have had, you know, and I don't necessarily like to use the word luck, even though, you know, there is luck in, you know, certain things that we do um, or more or less you call opportunities. You know, when you put yourself out there, opportunities happen, but they've had unfortunately bad events and bad things that have happened in their lives. And, you know, it's unfortunately pushed them down, them down to a level where, um, you know, they are. And unfortunately, sometimes when you get in a bad negative uh, headspace or mindset, it's very hard to come out of it. Like, as you know, and as I know, um, it's, you got to fight, like you really, really got to fight. And some people unfortunately just haven't managed to fight through that. And so I'm very passionate about advocating for them and, you know, through the work that I do to try and bring us all to that equal level where we can, thrive to have you know an equal level of humanity where everyone's doing okay and everyone has the resources they need to you know do what they need to do on earth before their time is done food healthcare, education financial support and that's all what i'm working on as part of my platform for the little guy
1: you are dropping so much wisdom (laughs) i'm I'm just like (laughs) this is going to be amazing for our audience but i'm just sat here going wow this is my kind of person because it's like a, a good friend of mine. Like she was like, you know, when you find your people, you could just sit under a tree all day and just have these conversations and just, just be content. It's just, mm. it's so powerful. When I open my
2: mind up, it's just, it's a, I will say some people are like, I would love to like, just get inside your mind and see how it works. I'm like, it's a little bit of a scary place in there. I don't know if you want to, if you want to curl on the side. I want to tap probably. into that. Uh, just, you know, some, uh, sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just get out of my head for just a couple of minutes because it's scary in there. But, you know, yeah. I, this is what's rolling around in my head. And this is what I, I see for, you know, humanity. Like, <coughs> I believe that we all are trying to strive to get to, you know, our highest self. And like, I mean, I don't know whether, you, you know, people believe in this, but I believe in it that we're all trying to strive and I'm trying to strive in building this platform to getting us and humanity back to the level of getting us back to, you know, the presence of God, because he made us, you know, so, you know, that's what I believe that we're all trying to strive to get back to, whether or not you believe in that or not, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's something that's come to me and it's, I know that this is is an initiative that was placed in my heart, which has kept on opening doors with everything that you're saying. And to the point where I'm like, connecting humanity to a new way of living of there's no reason why people should be here and look at professions or titles. We need to remove mm. this mask and see us all for who oh. we are. And we can sit at the same table. Like it's just, everyone's got dreams. So I always say like IPC is, it's a catalyst. It's not mm. me. It's his.
0: Mm.
1: Whether people believe or what, but I say, it, it's not my work. I'm just less catalyst to bring people's stories to help other people. And then, Someone's got a dream or a vision. If we can make that come to fruition through hell, then then so be it. But my last question for you is, you kind of touched upon your legacy. If there's anything to anybody out there listening right now
2: mm.
1: who may be struggling, what would you want them to take away?
2: That I would love for them to take away that it's okay. You're going to be okay. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to go through challenges. And remember, sometimes we have to go through these struggles. We have to go through these challenges because it builds character. It builds who we are. Sometimes we don't know what we're capable of if we don't go through hell. Um, and there's a great, and I've seen it many times on like social media, there's a quote by Steve Harvey that says, if you're going through hell, why stop there? You know, if you're going through hell, you don't want to stop there. You're more, you're already going through hell. So you may as well keep going and get out through the other side, but like, you don't want to, you don't want to give up in the middle of hell. Cause then you're in hell. So like, you know, keep, just keep going. Cause eventually you're going to get through the other side. Um, And also if you really are struggling again, like, I mean, I, touched on this before if you're really struggling please open up to someone like there's there's nothing worse than trying to deal with it all on your own and feeling like the weight of the world is only on your shoulders and I'm talking from experience and like I still I still have a lot to learn and I still have a lot to you know uh, go through with my own journey because I experienced that today I have with a you know whether it's good or bad you know there's always two sides of the coin, good or bad or whether it just is I myself have a little bit of a savior complex you know I want to help the world I want to help everyone and everything that I can and so there's a lot of times where I feel the weight of that on my shoulders I'm like can I do this am I meant to do this like I like And that's why in my head it's crazy scary sometimes. I'm like, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. I need to do that. I now need to trademark the little guy. I need to find someone who can help me with financing. I need to find someone who can help me with marketing. I need to help find someone who can help me with, you know, outreach. And I need to find this, that, and that. And like, that's a scary place inside my head. And then I'm also, I'm also an actor, like, you know, I need to focus on my acting career, and I need to focus on roles that really align with who I am as a person, and then, you know, there's my speaking that I do, and then there's, I'm an author, so, you know, there's just so many facets of what I want to do, and what I want to achieve, and the legacy I want to leave behind, that I freak out sometimes, and there are moments where I'm like, you know what, today I'm just going to sit back on the couch and do absolutely nothing. I'm not going to check my emails. I'm not going to post on social media. I'm just going to spend a whole day watching TV.
0: And
2: sometimes you need that. You just need to take a day or a moment out for yourself and do absolutely nothing and just be with yourself and shut your brain off. And I know that's easier said than done because trust me, I know that there are times where I'm like, I just want to sit back, do nothing. But my brain's just like, Nope, I'm not going to let you do that. You're going to think about this. You're going to think about that. 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 And I'm like, please just stop. But yeah. So if you're struggling, open up to someone um whether that's family friends um a professional um or take a day for yourself relax walk run take a bath take a massage i did that literally the other day i went and got a massage and just took an hour to relax so you know Amazing. struggle or no struggle take time for yourself mental health is the number one key thing if we don't have our mind right we can't do anything else you know um and again it links up with body as well. Um, you gotta have your body right as well. Cause if your body's not right, you're not you're not gonna have a body to be able to focus on your mental health. No body, no mind. No mind, nothing. So he is dropping
1: it all some, he is dropping some bombs today. <laughs> I love this. Where can where can people find out more information about you and obviously um, the little guy as well?
2: Mm. Yeah. So, um, if you want to find out more information about me, you can go on to my social media. Uh, Instagram is the last Sam Humphrey. Facebook is also the Sam Humphrey. The little guy, um, is, uh, in development at the moment. Um, but I share about the little guy on my social media as well. Um, and as updates happen with the little guy and my project, you'll see all about that on social media. um, And yeah, there will be a social media platform that will be coming out soon uh, specifically for the little guy. And, um, that will be called the little guy.
1: Wow. Well guys, anybody that's listening, you're going to get so much from Sam. It's, it's, I know you've, you've poured into me through that. So I just, yeah, I want to thank you on behalf of the campaign on behalf of me for everything you do, your advocacy, um, Yeah, I just want to leave it on a high because you have dropped so many bombs. But guys, I'm going to be putting all the links up to where you can find Sam. Just keep remembering, though, these conversations which we've had just show you that two guys across the world don't know each other and can have these open conversations. It can Mm -hmm. be that easy. So it just shows you where your mind can take you. So please keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that saves lives. Until next time, guys, remember to subscribe and keep up to date with all our latest episodes. Thank you.
0: To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.